Thanks so much for joining us for Faith in Four Letter Words, where we take an unapologetically real look at surviving the boys' club, perfect poly and motherhood, all while living in the glass fishbowl. I'm Amanda Goodman. And I'm Tara Thomas. Great to be back on another weekly podcast endeavor. We have started these since January, and now half the year is over, but it seems like we've lived, I don't know, five years with all that's been going on in our world. So it's a lot that we've had to process and take in. So it's been nice to sort of expound on all of these feelings and emotions through our weekly chats. You know, the other day, Tara, I saw a great um, meme on Facebook. and It sums up everything how I feel. And it's for all of us nine, kids who went to college in the 90s. It says, we survived Mad Dog 2020. We can survive this 2020. And I'm like, I feel this <laughs> in my soul. The banana red Mad Dog uh, that welcomed me at senior week in Ocean City, Maryland in 1995. And <laughs> knowing what I know now, I will never let my own children go to a senior week <laughs> anywhere. Well, you know, they, they'd have a hard time doing it now because, you know, it's not allowed unless you're social distancing and wearing a right. mask, right? Well, well, let me tell you, there was no social distancing back in old 95. <laughs> I was actually a good Catholic girl. Don't look at it. I was, you know, behave. Anyway, I want to I want to bring up something. First of all, I want to thank um, our sponsors today, Rock Fit. They are Rock Gym. They are the OG of gyms. I always say they're often imitated, never duplicated. Best workout in the Cedar Valley, hands down. It's a trial week this week, so this week is free. And sign up for a new session. And I believe it's like new members, seventy five bucks a month. Um, so sign good up. It's, it's a great deal. And a special thanks, as always, to our engineers behind our podcast from Pixel Labs in Cedar Falls. Zach and his crew have many digital, innovative ways to serve you and your brand needs. So just contact Pixel Labs. You can find them all over the web. They are fantastic. I want to talk to you about burning bridges <clears throat> because all through life, <laughs> we're told, don't ever burn a bridge. Don't burn a bridge. And I used to live by that. Because especially working in the TV industry, because it's so small. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the news industry is so small. Everybody knows everybody in every single market in this country. But the older I get, I'm realizing you take that match and light that bridge on fire like Angela Bassett lights that <laughs> car on fire in Waiting to Excel. It's my favorite scene. And if you haven't seen it, it's the, I mean, she walks, her husband's cheating on her. He, she puts all his co clothes in the, uh, the car douses it with gasoline, lights it, and she turns around and that swagger that she has walking away <laughs> as she's smoking her cigarette. But that's what you need to do because you have to burn it down because you have to let people know that you're done. And not only that, it's a reminder for you that that's not a place you want to go back to ever again. And I feel like that is so true when it comes to you know, our former life as uh, news ladies. Absolutely. Now we should qualify this to say you're not advocating for violence. She's not oh literally gosh. suggesting you burn Please. anything down. Please don't. No. Yes, like, I, I had to say that just for the good of the order, knowing how things can be misinterpreted and run with on social media. But you, don't say <laughs> you, are, you are spot on. We were in a position where not only did that sort of pressure to be pleasant and to get along with everybody come out daily in our goings on in the newsroom and in the environment we were in, it extended 
to not burning a bridge when you knew things were not right and there were people being mistreated in your midst and the attitude was, well, at least I'm not the target. At least it's not me that's being mistreated. So I'll just happily go about my day and turn the other cheek. And you know, there was one time I'll never forget where I had a meeting with a general manager and a news director, and they were referencing some positive, you know, move in my career whereby I could get a, a raise or slide into somebody else's chair. And I thought, uh, I'm benefiting Mm. from something that's damaging to another. So I simply pointed out, I said, you know, why am I any different than that person? Couldn't what you are doing to this person very well happen to me? And the response was, you're not him. That's not you. You're different, Tara. And I thought, yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought (laughs) I may not be in the crosshairs today, But when you take out all the other targets, at some point, the rifle will be positioned on me. And that's the hard part about the working world that you and I have navigated for decades. You can and will be turned on on a dime. So never think that you're safe or have some kind of shield around you that will prevent everything in your world turning upside down, because I've seen it happen so many times before. And that is exactly to your point why you don't have to, you know, walk on eggshells and be everybody's puppet. Because at the end of the day, if you're not your authentic self, when you do reveal your sincere, you know, this is how I am, take it or leave it. That's when the claws can come out. Right. That's exactly what's going to happen. And, you know, this breaks my heart. And without saying anybody's name, um, I talked to just recently a former colleague of mine who is now in the situation where she is um, in the main anchor chair. And it's she was reaching out to me because she's dealing with some stuff of a young other journalist who came in, who has zero experience, who has an anchor chair, and then um, wants her job now. And is trying to undermine her and do all this other kind of stuff. And it's like this full circle thing. Now, this this former colleague of mine, she's a friend of mine. She was always, she always had class and she always had integrity. And, you know, she was never the one to undercut or undermine anybody in that newsroom. But I said to her, it was basically like, yeah, get comfortable. Now that you're at the top, everyone is coming for you. Everyone. It's not, you cannot be friends with anybody in the newsroom anymore. And people kind of used to like, look at me, like, are you why would you say that? You're telling her not to be friendly, not to be, no, no, no. You just can't have authentic relationships because at the end of the day, people are going to throw you under the bus because they want your job and they're going to come for you and they're going to come for you hard. It it is such a, a strange business, especially in a business like television news where it is so shallow driven in terms of looks and youth and what we've said a hundred times about research that shows that the younger woman has the upper hand in terms of the visual acceptance by the audience. And so again, this is never about Tara and Amanda are getting old and we're bitter and we're, you know, trying to grab onto Botox and fake lashes to make it through the day. (laughs) This is about, (laughs) this is, well, and we do do that, but this is truly about how our society and our culture allows a business like this to be supported and flourish, whereby 
aging for women is not acceptable. And it's, and it's something that we cannot control. We can't prevent. And so I can tell you quickly two examples that happened to me where I was on both ends of that, you know, receiving. And one was what you just described. I was young. I was coming into a newsroom situation where I was in college in Boston and I was coming in as this, you know, bright eyed intern. So not getting paid having to take multiple subway lines to get to this outlying public NPR affiliated station out in Boston in the outskirts. And when I walked in to that newsroom, I'll never forget one of the very attractive anchors at the time, a female who was in this, you know, she was impeccably dressed in this like fitted suit. And she looked me up and down and it was not a kind glare. And I remember feeling that energy and at the time sort of being confused by it, but then later totally understanding that this wasn't about me. This was about self-preservation for her. And every time someone would walk through that door that was quote unquote younger or possibly thinner or willing to work in my case for free, it was that alarm sounding in their mind of a threat has entered the building. Now in the reverse, as we both have experienced when we were on the other end of that spectrum, I remember sitting in my chair, literal anchor chair out in the studio and seeing in my periphery off into the, you know, the, the shadows outside of the studio lights, a woman coming in who was, you know, probably younger than me being escorted by a newsroom manager to come see the studio. And instantly, you know the feeling, it's that sick sort of pit in your stomach where you're realizing, oh my gosh, they're already, they're trying to replace me and I'm not planning to leave. Right. I know that exact feeling. I know that exact feeling. And then, then when you find out that the person that they're going to replace you with, um, is, has zero experience Zero, zero. However, their waist size may be smaller. They may be younger, or they may be willing to play the kiss the ring game. Exactly. So therefore, exactly. that's why. So, and it was then you morph into like, well, maybe okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna be my I'm gonna be on my best behavior now. I'm gonna be on my. It's like right before, like when you were a kid and <laughs> you know you're about to get yelled at or you got grounded, so you would just do everything. Look, mom, I cleaned my room. Look, mom, I. <laughs> I did everything you asked me to do now. Can I not be grounded? It was that same. That is so true. All of a sudden you start flashing in your mind through the past week and the past few months. And what have I done? What have I done? Have I, have I offended somebody? Did, did I not have my hair and makeup on point? Did somebody call in the station and say, I look fat? I mean, it's crazy what you do to yourself in that moment. And it's so true. You completely suspend being your authentic self and having a voice and you give yourself over to this concept of I'm your clay, mold me, shape me, tell me what you want Mm -hmm. me to do. How high should I raise my chair? How much should I curl my bangs? You know, I mean, it's crazy and it is not a mentality or a concept that people can grasp if you haven't lived through it. Do you know one time I had a crazy situation where the main anchor, when I was the morning anchor, was probably, as you know, threatened by my presence there. Not that I had done anything to warrant it, but just you and me being there holding other jobs was a threat to people that were at that time in her case, you know, in the hierarchy of anchors. I mean, she was above me because she was the evening co-anchor. 
And when one of these potential hires came in, Amanda, who was cute and friendly and fun and just bubbly, I mean, aren't we all, aren't all the female news anchors putting on the show when we come into these potential newsrooms to hire us? And this main anchor, she really latched on to this potential hire and wanted to kind of coddle her and and have her job shadow and take her under her wing. And this is how crazy this business is. This woman was so beloved by this coworker of mine that didn't even know her and the way she treated her. And this is how the the twist or the wrench in the whole plan happened. This potential hire goes out to the set and she does an audition. I wasn't nearby. I wasn't going out there. I wasn't breathing down her neck, but instantly it came back to me from the then news director who probably didn't even, you know, encourage or set up the interview. I mean, that was probably, as you know, being manipulated by some suit higher up. And she came into the studio for that audition. And when they threw up a random script on the teleprompter, you'll love this. The word posthumously was in the story of all the words that you rarely say as a news anchor posthumously would be in the category of rarely utilized because a lot of producers don't even use the word because they don't talk in that dialect. But when you reference somebody who's, you know, being honored, who's already passed away, for example, that was the word used. She completely blew it. She flubbed it. She didn't know how to read. Mm-hmm. It. And instantly the <laughs> news director disqualified her. That was it. That was it. And I thought, well, fate was on my side. That was, you didn't get replaced that day. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get replaced. Because I know how to well, pronounce it and I can spell it. So there. <laughs> I, exactly. Right. Well, you know, I was laughing because, um, you know, since this podcast has come out, maybe it's gotten people a little, it's made some people, no, not maybe, it has made some people in my former life a little uneasy. And some of these people have reached out to me and said, you know, you have this twisted, that never happened, this never happened. It's like, I'm not naming names. I could name drop you. I could rent, you know, an airplane that they fly over the beach with the banner flying (laughs) on the back and list some names. But this is my truth. And I'm not going to be quiet about it anymore. And these are the people that I've lit, I, I've, I've literally burned the bridge down, like burned it, watched it, toasted it with a glass of wine and said, be gone. Because these are the people who ruined my soul. I mean, they ruined my soul. They changed the way I am. They're the reason that I have this crazy, unhealthy obsession with food. They're the reason. They're the reason why, you know, I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, I'm, that, this is wrong with me and this isn't good enough. They're the reason, I mean, they've made me question my intelligence. I mean, they changed me who I was like to the core to morph into this porcelain doll that what they wanted me to be. And at the end of the day, they tossed me aside. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yesterday's root job. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's so and so for me, it's it's funny that these people come back now and say, wait a minute, that didn't happen. It wasn't like this. Well, you know, if I don't matter, then what the hell do you care? Why are you watching me? Why are you listening to this exactly. podcast? It's kind of like, you know what I mean? You tell me that you don't like me, but you follow everything I do. Honey, you are a fan. You're a fan, point blank, period. <laughs> it's so true. And you're right. We We cannot help how we were conditioned and had no idea about the far-reaching ramifications in our life. I mean, we we didn't anticipate that this would happen because we were trying to have selective memories and we were trying to, you know, put up that sort of boundary 
to feel like we were Teflon and no, you, you, you know, sticks and stones can't hurt us here because, or words may hurt us, but, but you're not truly having a, a permanent impact on our lives, but they were, they were all of that has sort of shaped as you describe who we are today. And it's sad because I don't want the same thing to befall our daughters yet. We know that this is happening to women everywhere. And this is not about, you know, male bashing. This is women doing this to other women. Oh, like I can't even agree with that even more. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Like, like stop letting people in your life who crush your soul. It's like we shared the one time um, just, you know, a couple weeks ago, on our Facebook page, their faith and four letter words, Facebook page. It was, I will unfriend unfollow a a crushing soul without even a second, like a second thought. And I don't care who you are, but if you are not, you know, if you're bringing negative and drama and you're secretly hoping I fail rather than hoping that, you know, I succeed, I don't want you in my life because I was forced to deal with it from those two decades and it's amazing how much some of the content shared on the Faith and Four Letter Words Facebook page, just a simple quote. It's amazing how much that is resonating with other women who completely feel that way, but no one voices that sort of out that we all can take, that door that we can open because we're all so afraid of walking through it. We're afraid that we're going to burn that bridge and then run into that person at, you know, a church service, or we're going to be out at Walmart and have that awkward moment where we see them in the freezer section and have to do, you know, the fake pleasantries. But here's the thing. And I have never felt more this way than in my late forties. It is so freeing to let Mm. go of worrying about what others think of you when you know, you know, in your heart of hearts, that person is not an impactful, meaningful relationship in your life. They, if you, you have to think of it like this, and this is a literal way that I think about it. I say sometimes to myself, truly, Amanda, if something happened, okay, an emergency where you and I had a family obligation that would move you back to your roots, let's say you had to move back to the east, you know, out east to the, to, Pennsylvania. Let's say that tomorrow I all of a sudden had to drop everything and and move to Illinois. Who among you right now in all of your everyday dealings from work to family, to church, to school, who among those people would be worthy of time and energy spent keeping those relationships going? Who are you still going to text? Who are you going to message on Facebook? Who are you? And I'm not talking like a post. I'm saying, who are you going to interact with beyond some surface social media exchange? If you cannot list that person who you're wasting so much time and energy on, on that list of long-term committed relationships, what are you doing? Exactly. Move on. You hit the nail on the head. Move on. It's You and I are the same because we could probably count on less than one hand. That's right. Less, less than one hand. And it's the other thing is, I think, you know, we have to remember as, as women, we were conditioned as little girls that the more friends you had, the more popular you were. You, your goal was to have a bunch of friends because that mean, meant that you were, you know, you were popular and you were liked and everybody loved you. 
you need to switch that as you get older because it's about the the quality of friends you have. Because let me tell you something. I have zero time in my life for people, why didn't you call me back? Why didn't you call me? Why didn't like why didn't you say you were going here? Why didn't you include Come on. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like it's like this inner this jealousy and this fighting if you're with another friend, you can't be with this friend. Like that's so juvenile. I left that shit back when I was in junior high school. Mm-hmm. Like and I'm not going back there. So Again, it's every time I, I think of things like this, I think about the house when it fell on like the wicked witch of the east, like you know, when she when the when Glenda's sitting there and saying, "Be gone before this house falls on you." Just be gone. Exactly, because I'm. It's it's so true, and I can remember. And you you and I both have talked about this. Where as recently as you know, three to five years ago, there were people that at that time I cared so much about what they thought about me, or I cared about the relationship that I was expending energy and emotion and and taking time away from my family to try to sort of keep what ended up being such a shallow level relationship going that now not only do I not even think about some of the people I'm not even interacting with them on Facebook so they're off right. my feed because of the Facebook algorithm that takes the people off of your page that you don't interact with so think of how crazy right. that is I went from like wasting time and energy away from my family life on people that today, I don't know, the only time that I would even see them is if I ran into them in person because they're not even coming up on my feed. Well, that's because the majority of people on our our feeds are surveillance cameras and they're not real friends. True. I mean, and that's on a a lot of people because, um, and you watch, and this is what's horrible. This, this is so sad, but watch if something negative happens in your life. And if you're one of those real people who shares something negative on your social media, you know, like your kid had a blowout in the car and there was like poop everywhere when you had no diaper or you lost a job or, um, something that happens to you that, um, you know, affects you <laughs> negatively, right? People it's come so out of the true. woodwork. It is so it is true. Right. I just had this come out of the woodwork. This just yes. happened to me. So last month, unfortunately, or I don't even remember when it was. I mean, it was recently. I, all the months and weeks are streaming together. But my son, he fractured a growth plate in his shoulder from pitching a third inning of baseball. And when when that happened. <laughs> I mean, you, you nailed it. it. And I so appreciate any and all, you know, support from anyone that I'm friends with on social media, but as you qualified it, a lot of people that I don't know well, and it was like all of these people came, you know, at me in, in a respectful way, but they had all this sympathy that they were pouring out to me. And mm-hmm. some of those people have never shown any empathy or kindness toward me. But then now when, you know, my son can't throw a ball or do anything for six weeks and is completely sidelined from any sports, I almost in some ways, and this is so sad to say, because you'd like to think the best of people, but I almost feel like some people were like, glad it's not my kid. Oh, well, now that that position is now open for mine. Yes. Some of the people even reacted like, "Hmm, bummer. I mean, with almost no compassion. And then I just said to, to Dave and my husband, and I, I probably told you this, it really changed my perspective about youth sports. And we both know and have detailed some of the drama involving youth sports, but it made me realize how, wow, they truly don't care about my kid. I mean, I can't no. imagine 
if something happened to my son's teammates, I can't imagine not saying online or in person to that family, wow, I am so sorry. I mean, that would be my not just pat answer. That would be my sincere response mm-hmm. to something like that happening. And yet I think I, I set my expectations too high because I was disappointed that what you just described, some of the people that never give me the time of day, all of a sudden wanted to throw out their, their sympathy card. But then in contrast, some of the people that I truly thought did have my family's back were very uncaring and unfeeling. So it's, it's too bad. And I know people say, oh, well, you guys love to, you know, just burn every bridge and and cross people off your list. But the fact is we, if, if there is nothing we have learned from 2020 more than anything with this COVID situation, our time is short, our interpersonal connections are valuable and you better not waste it on a lot of crap and a lot of social media drama that's never going to move you or your family forward in terms of spiritual and sincere growth as a loving unit. If you're not going to, if people are tearing you and your family down, cut them off. At the kneecaps. Like go <laughs> mafia, mafia so on. I'm like, cut it off at the kneecaps. But you're so right because if you're ending your day and you feel like you have like toxic energy inside you, you got to find that source and just be done with it. Mm-hmm. Be done with it. There are people like when you and I announced that this podcast was doing well and big things are going to be happening for us, you know, in the future, there are certain contracts that are going to be signed. People were smiling at us through gritted teeth. Now, don't get me wrong. There were hundreds of people who are genuinely, genuinely excited for us. But there are other people. I mean, I I got a Facebook message. How'd you get that? How'd you pull that off? Because we're two, you know, badass bitches. That's how we pulled it off. I mean, it was, it's like, who says that? Like, who says that? If you can't say anything good, just then shut your mouth. I mean, we teach our kids that, right? But somewhere along the line, it's kind of like, hey, kid, do what I say, not as I do. Because it's just ridiculous. So, I mean, I, I, thank you for talking to me about this because I literally, again, do not physically burn down anything, but do not be afraid to burn a bridge that has drained your soul, that has changed who you are. Not only will it let people know you're not crossing here at all. Like I'm putting my foot down because what you allow will continue. It's a good reminder that you're never looking back. That's a rear view mirror that you need to don't need to see. And this is something that as a person of faith, I exercise in my life and I've done so in recent years on a regular basis. And, and this is an exercise that I would suggest that others can employ. And I'm not a self-help person and I'm not somebody who goes and reads books and does a 10-step program. Not that I'm, you know, throwing shade at that, <laughs> but I'm just saying this is not my MO is I'm not, you know, doing exercises literally with some kind of hidden meaning that somebody prescribed on a chart. But I will tell you, this is a simple thing that I do. And that is when I start finding myself in the bathtub or sitting, watching television, getting sidelined in my brain or doing something on social media where I'm, you know, scrolling through feeds and pages and then realizing like, I'm feeling, as you described this toxic energy, I stop myself and I say, and I actually say a prayer and I ask God to help me to release 
the care and concern and focus on people Mm. and situations that not only can I not control, but that in the scheme of things are only a blip on the radar of my life. Help me to let go and let God, as cliche as it sounds, and not let those individuals and that toxic energy take up the limited time and energy I have to devote to my husband and my children, let it all go. And do you know that when I pray that prayer and it takes you a few seconds in your head to do so, and you can do it when you're driving, you can do it when you're watching TV, you can do it anywhere. I cannot tell you how many times 24 hours or less later, I've forgotten what I was even focusing on. It's gone. It's a, I don't even it's remember and I mean, it's, it's is it because God is taking that out of my head? I don't know. But why not put that prayer energy towards something that has a more positive outcome for you? Because the days that you spend waking up and harboring resentment and being mad about somebody that somebody did something that somebody did to you a week ago or two months ago or five years ago, let that crap go. Because all it's going to do is keep you from being the full and able-bodied productive person that you're meant to be in life. And I just can't believe how much we, through social media, are letting these critics control our happiness. If they don't have your phone number, they don't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like if they are following you or if they if they don't know your middle name, let it go. What Tara just said, let it go. It's easier said than done. But you know you will be so much more at peace. So grab that match this week and um, figure out who the ones are that are sucking your soul <laughs> and draining it. Cut them off. Absolutely. At the knee. At the kneecaps. <laughs> Good week. <laughs> <laughs>